This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a rising country music star and her cat named Kitty. I will tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Here is an alarming statistic. More than two-thirds of dogs and cats have oral health disease by the age of three, and one of the indicators is bad breath. Do your pets have a healthy mouth? Do you cringe when it's time for a kiss or a snuggle? Let's get to the cause. Harmful bacteria in their mouth. And bad breath is just the start. The bad bacteria cause tartar and oral disease, which can lead to serious overall health problems. It's critical to make sure your pet's oral health is the best it can be, as good dental health is key to optimizing their overall health. Now, good news. It's easy and affordable to improve their oral health with Probiora Pet. Just one scoop of this dental care probiotic mixed into their food daily floods the mouth with positive bacteria, which crowds out the bad. This means better oral health and fresher breath. Probiora Pet is an all-natural dental care probiotic. It's odor and taste-free, so your pets will still enjoy their chow. We want to keep your pets healthy. During National Pet Oral Health Month, our listeners can save 10%. Go to probiorapet.com and use PLR10 at checkout. That's probiorapet.com. Use PLR10 at checkout to save 10%. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a cat mama to a cat named Kitty. She's a cat and a dog person. She's a coffee lover, an adventure seeker. She's a lover of the hotel life, a musician, a singer, writer, entertainer. She's a country music traditionalist and a fashionista. She's originally from Stratford, Ontario in Canada. She currently lives in Nashville. She was born singing, they say. She's wild and tried to tame it. She's never going to fit into your world with her tattered jeans and her $5 pearls. She's Callie McCullough, rising country music star who's been playing the guitar since she was eight years old and now tours with her panther cat, Kitty. Welcome, Callie. It's so good to have you on the show. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. It's my pleasure. I was so excited to have you before I listened to uh, 19 Cats and Counting. And then after I listened to your interview with Rita and Linda, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. And I listened to all of your music. Okay. I love that you have like anthems, like the anthems to like, it's not you, it's me. Like you have like two breakup songs that are like epic. And then you have the one that after midnight is after midnight. That's like very piracy. Oh my God. I love that one. And then the best one for sure is $5 pearls. Thank you so much. Well, you're rocking like the Paris fashion right now. Anyway, oh gosh, yes. yes, we're celebrating yeah. today. The, this is the thing we're celebrating today. And before I go any further, let me introduce our drinking game so that our audience can celebrate with us. So anybody participating in our drinking game today, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is kitty. Make sure you take a drink of whatever you're enjoying, but please make sure you're over 21 in the U.S. Never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. So what are you having today? Well, I was saying I'm actually double fisting because, yes. you know, you can never have too much balance. So I have a coffee because I've got a show later, but I'm also, I'm on a mocktail train. I was saying I got into the wine pretty heavily last night. So instead of hair of the dogging it, this is actually my new favorite mocktail and it's San Pellegrino with tart cherry juice. And I'll show you. It's pretty interesting. Isn't so tart my- cherry juice supposed to be like good for your health? You're like having like a health drink. Yeah, I'm on like, a, I'm on a health kick. So my new obsession is buying like, cause I used to buy like canned LaCroix and whatever is buying like the full glass bottle of Pellegrino. And then you crack this at night with dinner and you drink it. And it feels like you're, if you're on like a sober kick yes. or just like every other night sub in the wine, it feels like you're pouring yourself a glass of wine all the time. But right now this is Trader Joe's and it's a tart cherry juice. So there's not really any sugar in it. 
and it just gives it something. So this has like been my my afternoon like lunch beverage that I've been doing, or sometimes late at night, and I'll have people over. I'll be like, I'll make you a mocktail, or we can pop a wine. But right, I have a show later, so I have to drive there. <laughs> well, I have to pick up the kids in a few hours, but I'm celebrating today. This is my 50th episode with you, my special guest. I'm so excited to get to know you. So I'm having a mimosa at uh, what is it? That's 12 right. noon on a what is this today? A Wednesday. Uh, so Wednesday? cheers. Thank you for being my 50th guest. Well, I That's guess amazing. I'm, like I'm so excited about that. And like, isn't noon the perfect time for mimosa? It's like brunch. Yes, right? absolutely. I mean, my family's from Spain. So like drinking at midday is like not like a thing over there. Like it's not as strict that is, as it is here in the United States. So cheers. Thanks again. I'm so excited to get to know you. Cheers. Yes. My days in Europe as well. We're like, you want to have a glass? Yes, I do. All day. All day. I mean, if you're on vacation, especially it's like, <laughs> when are we starting and where? So or anyway, before. what's the difference? I know that you're Canadian and you know, sometimes it's surprising to know where people originate from because like you look at you and you think country music, she lives in Nashville. She's like probably from the South, right? Like South as in the U S. So I'm actually going to play a game with you today about where people dogs and cats come from. And then we're going to talk a little bit about country music. And I hope you can teach me a little bit about country music. Do you think that works? I think so. Hopefully, right. <laughs> Hopefully I can. Yes. Okay. Well, just, you know, if you don't mind, cause I love country yeah, music. Love All of the best men in my life have been country music fans. So like, yeah, like it says something. If a guy likes country music, I feel like there's like a really nice soft spot, like in his heart. He also probably knows how to change a tire and is like handy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that has been. I'm not handy. So I'm always hoping that whatever guy of the, of the current time might know how to fix. Oh my gosh, for sure. My husband is six two. So like, not only can he fix things, but he can reach tall things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, when he's gone, I'm like, how am I, am I supposed to use a ladder? Like, I don't want to use a ladder. ladder. Yeah. I know I have one. I just prefer to use my husband. Like, Hey, Chris, can you get that? So yeah. So this game is called, where are they from? It's very, very simple. I'm going to tell you a country music star, a breed of dog, a breed of cat. And you're going to tell me where they originated. Oh, I'm going to lose so hard at this. <laughs> get on. There's a few that are actually really surprising. And that's why I chose them for this game. So, all right, the first one, and I don't know that she qualifies as a country music star. Olivia Newton-John, where is she originally from? Australia. She's not, she's British. She's from Cambridge, England. What? I thought she was Australian. I was I so sure no, about that. I had no idea either. So I learned a lot from this. Okay, how about the ragdoll cat? Any idea where they come from? Japan? They're actually American. No, so one of my close friends just got a baby ragdoll and I went to see him on Sunday. He's so cute. He's so little. They're gorgeous. They're so it's beautiful. apparently a breed that was designed or developed, I guess I should say, in the 60s here in the United States. This one's tricky. The Australian Shepherd. Well, I'm going to say that it's not Australia, so maybe New Zealand. It's not. It actually is said to have come from the Basque region of Spain, which is like so random but it's actually only being bred in the United States now. So it has nothing to do with Australia. Huh. <laughs> I have a friend that has an Aussie doodle, but. Oh my God, an Aussie doodle? Oh my gosh. So that's cute, but super cool. high energy. Not a good apartment dog. No, 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 no. Guys, be careful with the doodles. Just figure out what came before the doodle so you can make sure it's a good match for you. All right, you'd have to know this one. Shania Twain. Canada. She's from Timmins, Ontario. She is from Canada. That's right. How about the Chartreuse? It's a cat breed. I've never heard of that. Somewhere in France? Yes. Sounds French. <laughs> it sounds French and it is French. All right. How about a St. Bernard? Ooh, I love them. I just think of the movie where all the pets are lost and they find their way home, but I have no idea where they're from. They're Swiss. They're from Switzerland. And no apparently way. they originated in Rome and the Romans brought them during periods of war. Um, so yeah. You know this one for sure. Keith Urban. Australia. No, he's from New Zealand. According to this website that I went to, it's thetravel.com. He's from New Zealand because I tested my sister on this and she said Australia too. I guess because he's married to an Australian, we just assume he's Australian. No, I really thought he was Australian, but he could, I don't know, could be wrong. Okay, Keith, give us a call, let us know. Either way, he's got a good sun glow and I'm into it. 
Oh, you know what? Australia, New Zealand. I mean, it doesn't I, matter. He's good to look at. That's he definitely and listen to. He's wonderful. All right. The Siberian. It's a domestic cat. Where is that from? Russia? Yes, that's right. Yeah. It I has been all over the world since the 1980s, but it was developed as it's like from like an original just domestic cat in Russia. Okay. The Bichon Freeze, which I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce that. I probably should have looked that up. Where does that come from? France? I thought so too. I could have sworn until I did this research that it was a French breed. It's actually from Spain. And there's apparently a place called Bijan in Tenerife, which is funny because I'm my family's from Spain. I've never actually heard this. They like the that. reason that we think that they're French is because uh French royalty used to love that breed. So I think that's why we're uh -huh. like Okay, Chris Cummings, country music star. He is from um, the East Coast of Canada. He is Canadian, absolutely. Okay, two more. The Bengal cat. We gotta go back. What made you pick out Chris Cummings? I don't know. I feel like he was the one that I knew more than like the others. Cause I'm not like, I like country music. I listen to it, but I'm not super good with names. Like I just know that every time I listen to a country music song and I really like it, it's George Strait. But other than that, like I don't really know much about it's country just, music. It's funny because Chris Cummings is sort of like in Canada had like a medium notoriety and like had done decently well in Nashville kind of many years ago, but was sort like a little bit more of an obscure name. I just so happened to be a big Chris Cummings fan, but it's actually a pretty obscure name to pick out of the hat. So I was like, did you find that like in, in a like 10 year old story of me, like covering Chris Cummings music? That's so funny. No, I just was like, I feel like I've heard that name. So I'm going to use that one. That was it. But look at that. That's hilarious. Cause it's so obscure. And actually, yeah, one of my friends like made a bunch of records with Chris Cummings, but yeah. Interesting. Oh my gosh. So cool. Hey, Chris Cummings. That is awesome. Okay. Next one. Bengal cat. Any idea where they came from? Egypt. Yes. It's actually a hybrid of the Asian leopard cat and an Egyptian mammal. Ooh. Okay, last one. This one's actually really interesting. A basset hound. Massachusetts, like somewhere in the United States? I feel like it's like the most like country, like dog in the world. Like to me, a hound dog is like from West Virginia. Like a basset right. hound is like West Virginia or like Southern Virginia. No, it's actually French. Well, I guess, yeah, because like back in the day, you know, like they all go on those hunts outside of the castle and you watch all the old like rent. I like to watch all the shows with like the castles and the princesses and the yes. sorted and the big dresses and the, you know. Yes, And they're absolutely. always out on a hunt. Well, and actually one was gifted to George Washington and that's how they became like known after the American Revolution. American dog. Like, how crazy is that? With his wig. Yes. I mean, I love, okay, so like, what is cuter than like a baby basset hound that like their ears like drag on the floor and they like kick them when they walk? Like, I always thought that that was like quintessential Americana and obviously they're Belgian and French, so not so much. But like any baby pet, like when it's a baby and it's just sleeping, it's just like... I know, I know. I, I, I fostered baby kittens, um, like no. four day old kittens where I had to like feed them every hour or two hours. Oh. It was it was a, a very big commitment, but it was super fun. And like, I've never seen anything cuter in my life. They were like this big. They were like tiny. I know. Okay, teach me about country music because I, I always thought it was like a Southern American thing, but like we obviously have country music stars from all over the world. Canada has a huge country music scene. So like, teach me, Did, is it American? Is it Canadian? Is it of the world? I mean, country music essentially started as almost like a fusion genre. And they always say that the first family of country music was the Carter family, which, as we know, is like June Carter, who ended up marrying Johnny Cash. It was Mother Maybell was her other mother or grandmother. I really should know this a little bit better. But they were sort of like the founding family of country music. So there were roots in, in genres like bluegrass and gospel and blues and Celtic music and like Appalachia kind of folk songs. All of those things sort of fused together to kind of country music was always a genre that blended different things. And as it, you know, took a foothold as its own genre, there became things that we thought of as like quintessentially country things like fiddles and banjo and steel guitar and like certain feels like waltzes and, and shuffles and, and different types of feels that we recognize in country music. And then, you know, lyrical topics, you know, country music became this, 
the genre of storytelling and of songs that were about heartfelt things or true stories or family or you know, topics. And then, so the roots of the genre are actually like pretty diverse sort of grassroots things coming together as a fusion genre. And that would be traditional country music. And then of course it grew, right? So this, you know, the seventies were a golden era of country music. Eighties went a little bit like disco pop country. That was a little interesting. And then we all herald the nineties as like an absolute golden era of country music. Early two thousands, you've got like your Dixie chicks, you know, nineties, you've got your George Straits and your Reba McIntyre's, you know, and then you've got your super old school country stars, like your Kitty Wells, your Patsy Cline, your Johnny Cash, your Mo Haggard, George Jones. And those are people that really build the foundation of the genre that we think of. Like we have bending like hooks and licks that were just so quintessentially George Jones that many people modeled. And, you know, we have songwriting like Dolly Parton and we have, you know, Patsy Cline singing those old shuffles and elements of even Western swing coming in there. And, you know, as we went, the 90s were like, they actually thought it was pop country at the time. But now we think it was like the 90s were the best in the right. 90s. We had female stars you know we had songs of like meaning early 2000s were great you got your dixie chicks and then around 2007 i don't even want to talk about it but now this is my personal opinion all of a sudden we got bro country and like pop country which hurts my heart dramatically so i'm a traditionalist i'm a purist and so we're sort of still coming out of the bro country now we're into the pop country as the mainstream of the genre Right. You know, there was definitively an era where we can all agree that the lyrical content and originality on country radio were at an all time low. I think we're turning the curve on it. And so now I think in country music, you know, people that are actually really country were almost like country music refugees where they call us like roots country or alternative country or Americana because mainstream country is you know, sort of defined by country radio, which is, you know, your pop country. But yeah, so it's been an interesting era. And the one thing that we know to be true about country music is that it's very cyclical. So it always like, as I mentioned earlier, the 80s kind of almost took like this pop disco trend. And then out comes Randy Travis with On the Other Hand, and it springboards sort of the, the circle turn of the 90s and that golden era. So I think we're really due for the turn of the next golden era. I keep hoping, you know, so I'm holding on to that. But I really think, too, what sets country music apart is it is about songwriting. It is about storytelling. And it, I do think that it's about a lot of people or the ones that stand out. You know, your Willie Nelsons, your Mo Haggards, your Chris Christoffersons, those were all outlaws at the time. They were not embraced by the mainstream. Now we herald them as like heroes and like founders of the genre. But they were all on the outlaw side of it at the point that they were coming up as well. So I think that a lot of people that have made a good impact on the genre have always kind of been the outliers and the trailblazers. So I think that we're sort of in that era now where we're going to come into a really great next chapter, or at least I hope this is what I tell myself every day to continue to get out of bed and make non-mainstream music. Your music is beautiful. Your vocals are beautiful. I love that you write. I love that you have like this, like, like, I guess these, you write with multiple people, but you have like two writers that you kind of end up writing most of your songs with is that right um i think this album uh was sort of it, it unconsciously happened that way yeah i mean in my years in nashville when i moved here i had come out of multiple different bands that i had toured in after you know about 10 years on the road and i moved here and i wanted to really make my focus just honing my craft as a songwriter and, and focusing on becoming a better songwriter and taking the opportunity to write with as many different people as possible so hundreds of different people hundreds and hundreds of songs but as i started to put together the album was really my first, you know, step out as a solo artist. And the songs that ended up kind of rising to the top had all been written with the same two guys, actually yeah. my good friend Scotty Kipper and Ryan Sorsad, both of whom were actually Canadian transplants to Nashville as well. But it was actually completely coincidental. And I think that too, sometimes you just get a great rapport and a great vibe. And, and you know, there have been over history, many great like writing pairs. You know, you think about like the Beatles, right? Or you right. think about 
Simon and Garfunkel, you know, different, which I coincidentally am wearing a t-shirt of, but like, <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you know, like just great writing pairs. And, and it was just, especially that era of life. And we all kind of met at the same time, all moved here at the same time. And, and I think had similar roots in the genre right? at the time that everything was really bro country and really pop country. I was over here being like, okay, I don't like that. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, to sit in a room and write with people in Nashville, everybody's trying to get on the radio, but it's trying to get a cut. And I'm going, well, I'm going to write this stuff that I love. And we all know it's not likely going to end up on the radio as it sits. But both of these guys are good friends of mine. And they were like, listen, like we dig this. Let's let's sit here and take time, write these songs. So so that is how um, those songs came to be and ended up forming the record. But yeah, I've written with so many different people and that's that's been a great opportunity. But I think it was so interesting was that when you're young and you're a young writer, you're so, you know, you're almost like a sponge who like takes in too many things. And through that process, I kind of lost my identity and then came back and found it again. It was like what I started with actually ended up being what I finished with, but I had this whole long detour of thinking, oh, I have to take in and you learn a lot, but you also kind of take in a lot of things. Oh, this must be the way it should be done. And this is the way that Nashville says we should write a song. Let's put four people in a room for three hours and crank out a formulaic banger only to come out the other side and be like, but I don't like those songs. (laughs) So, you know, maybe we'll get a case of wine and sit on the floor and see if we can write something that means something to us. But I love yeah, that. so it's an interesting process. It's a it's a journey of finding your footing as a songwriter, and it's it's always you know evolving. The same yeah. way we all are as humans, like we're all just trying to figure we're all trying to figure it out, right? Right. Like, what's, right. What's and today? and what's you tomorrow? also want to make a living. You actually, your story reminds me of Shakira. Obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with Shakira. I started listening to Shakira when I was like 15. Her first album was very singer songwriter, and to this day, it is the best album she's ever put out. And one of the things I love about country music is that it reminds me of music in Spanish because I think the Spanish language lends itself to storytelling oh. and to sharing emotion. And I feel like the English language doesn't always country music finds a way to use English to be more romantic and nostalgic and things like that where like you know other songs it's just like kind of obvious it's not really beautiful language being used I think that you know I guess the country music that I love it is centered around good storytelling you know if you go back to songwriters like Towns Van Zandt and Tom T. Hall or, or current writers like Laurie McKenna that have you know, a lyrical, they really have a, a lyrical prowess of, uh, and, and they're really essentially they're poets, right? right? They're modern day poets. Right, 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 right. And Shakira was a modern day poet until, you know, she became very commercial. No hate on Shakira. She is still a goddess. I still adore her. But Shakira's first album, especially if you speak Spanish, you've never heard it. You need to look it up. And it's actually super enjoyable for anybody who speaks any language, but the lyrics are what always got me. So let's say that you and Scotty and Ryan, right? Is that their names? Okay. Let's say that you guys sat down and decided to write a song about Kitty. What would the title be? <laughs> it would probably be Callie's a cat lady that lost her mind. Cause they were just <laughs> Now, do I make up songs for my cat and sing them to my cat? Like pretty much every day. I've completely lost my mind. Like I got Kitty in June and I'd had no pet for eight years. And I went from being like, oh, like I don't, you know, I have time for these things. I'm so independent and, you know, I'm busy and blah, blah, blah. To like my life now is like waking up in the morning and be like, mommy, knows you okay. Are you a baby? And like people talk to me and they have to endure at least 10 minutes of me going on about my cat. And like, oh. oh my God, bring her over so we can see her. Kitty, come here. Come here. Let's see you, baby doll. Hey, where are you? Let's, let's go search for her. Kitty, mommy loves you. Where are you? <laughs> To find her, we found her. It's my little baby. No, Kitty. Oh my God, she is so beautiful. I mean, I'm so much. <laughs> so I love the story of audience. If you haven't listened to 19 Cats and Counting, um, their interview with Callie, you have to listen. She tells a story about how there, uh, you had a um, an alarm guy come in, and he like, I want you to tell me this story really quickly. Oh, so really quickly. So it was like some mandatory, you know, ADT alarm system update. The guy shows up at eight in the morning and I'm like in a bathrobe, like knocks on the door. I'm like half asleep. I'm like, oh God. 
And so I pick up the cat. So she doesn't run out the door. And the first thing out of his mouth in like somewhat of a broken English accent, not like, good morning, ma'am. How are you? None of that. I just open the door. He's like, cat is panther. He's panther. He's cat. Cat is small panther. Like, and then it, like, as it pans out, I recognize he's wearing a t-shirt that has a panther on it and like goes on to tell me that he's obsessed with panthers and has like posters of panthers. And the cat who typically doesn't love strangers, like decides that she loves him and like sits on the entryway table and licks him for half an hour while he's like working on the alarm. He's like, cat this panther. And I'm like, is he going to take my cat? <laughs> she knows. She knows he recognizes her like wild side. And he's like, she's like, I like this guy. There's something about this guy. I like it. I like it. It's it's a well, baby. It's a baby panther. She's a baby panther. How old is she now? Well, we're not entirely sure because she was a rescue. I think she's about eight months. So she just got fixed in December. And so she's still kind of regrowing her tummy hair, mm, which now because she has like this white splotch and she's all black, plus she's getting a little plump now. She kind of looks like a little cow. Oh my God. I love black cats. I love black so cats. My, yeah. white my new nickname for her is I've been calling her the little cow. And I'm like, <laughs> little cow, mommy loves you. She's like, I am not a cow. I am a panther. Did you not hear that guy? <laughs> well, you know, like I get it. Cause like I'm a woman. So I sympathize, but basically for about two months when she was like in heat and getting fixed, she was not really eating that much. Like her appetite went way down. And now Kitty's just like eating her face off and, and she's like packed on a couple pounds. It's but I'm not hormones. like, it's, it's more like I the get black it. and white. The black and white make her look like a little baby cow. Oh it's my God, cute. I love that. I love that. Well, we have to take a break right now, but when we come back, I want to ask you actually about your fashion sense. Ooh. So please don't go anywhere, everybody. I will be right back with Miss Callie McCullough and her cat named Kitty. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada. Please forgive my voice. I am trying to get through it. Uh, I did not have Callie McCullough's super secret, awesome recipe for a tea that would have wiped this out. I learned it now. So hopefully in the future, we won't have this situation happening, but thank you for joining us for my 50th episode of Covered in Pet Hair with the one and only Callie McCullough, who is a rising country music star, a country music traditionalist. She has beautiful, 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 beautiful voice, beautiful lyrics. You have to check out her music. She has a YouTube channel. She's all over social media, but she also is a fashionista and I I'm a fashionista myself, even though most days you'll just see me as like mom with dirty hair and like a mom bun. But I, Callie, saw on your social media a few outfits that I died for. One of them, I believe, was the Canadian Country Music Awards. You wore like this like evergreen, like was it velvet or satin or both? Like velvet. Suit? Yes, it's shiny velvet. It was yeah. everything. It was absolutely gorgeous. So that when I saw that, I was like, okay, we're talking fashion. Cause I never get to talk fashion because we usually talk pets, but we are going to play a game and it's called, what are you wearing? Ooh. Ooh. Well, today, today I went pretty, pretty basic on the, on the outfit, but, uh, you know, I and I like love for your, um, for the video, it's, uh, the $5 pearls. I love that little vintage dress you have on super cute. Thanks. You. That you have really good style. And I wonder, do you style yourself or do you have a stylist? A little bit of both. I do have a stylist that I love. Um, her name is Peyton Dale. And she's actually got a show um, on Bespoke TV. It's called The Peyton Project. And you can watch it. She's got some amazing fashion tips um, for everybody, not just for entertainment business people. But she is a celebrity stylist. And also, if you follow her on TikTok, Peyton Project, she's hysterical. 
She's oh my really god, I'm, I'm gonna do this exactly as soon as we stop recording. Okay, so this game consists of me giving you kind of traditional like country music of tire, and you're gonna tell me if you're for it or it's just not like not your thing. Okay. Okay. All right, cowboy boots. I'm for it in terms of if you're playing outdoors or a rodeo or on like perhaps a wagon that's a moving stage. My thing is like pointy toe stilettos. That's like a pointed toe stiletto to me is like a tennis shoe to someone else. But I'm for cowboy boots in the practicality of them. But I do think they're like a little overdone as stage wear. That's my opinion. Yes, I did notice your nude pointy heels, stilettos. And yes, that's like my signature, my like classic. It matches every outfit, right? Like 20 pairs of like pointed toe stilettos in variety of colors. Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. I agree. And I agree with you that cowboy boots can be very, very practical. I am now a Texan and... I have a pair of cowboy boots, but they're like lucky brands. So like, oh my gosh, come on. They're not like real cowboy boots. Well, the thing with the real cowboy boot is it's, it's got to be about the comfort first, right? And you have mm. to really wear them in. Like they're the most comfortable like a year in. So El Paso makes like some, like El Paso's like oh, yeah. some of the best like uh, cowboy boot makers. So at some point I'm going to go buy myself like a You're going to invest. Fun. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. All right. Jeans, denim. Yes. I'm sure it's a yes. I mean, it's not that exciting, you know, now, and, and also I'm from Canada. So this is known as the Canadian tuxedo, which is, oh denim my gosh, denim. I literally have that on my list to ask you about Yeah, denim on denim, which I will say I've had this shirt for like 12 years. This is probably my favorite, like casual shirt. Yes. Yes. I'm a yes for jeans. I'm specific for me personally. I'm a dark wash jean girl. I think they're slimming. I think they're classy. I'll do like a light wash with like some flower deco kind of thing for like a staple jean. I like, and I don't care what the trend is. I know that currently like, it's mom jeans, but now we're going back to the super low rise. I'm not into it. I'm not doing it. I'm like a mid rise jean, skinny or bell bottom. What are bootcut jeans? Please get rid of them. Don't like them. But I typically with my denim, I refuse to follow what the denim trend is. I just know what fits me well, what's practical for my wardrobe. And I'm not a trend follower. It's like you can you can have your own style, but it can, if you're shopping at a mall, can be difficult to buy outside of the trend, which is where we get into, you know, different types of sustainable fashion. Cause I'm really into like thrifting and secondhand fashion and like, you know, going online and like sourcing out different things. So, you know, I don't, I don't like to just go to the mall and buy what's on the rack because that's in style at the time. Because if you think of some of the things that have been in style, are hideous. Yeah, no. And especially I feel like you can fall, especially in, in the country music scene, I feel like you can fall into like some cliches that you probably will look back on and be like, what was I thinking? Like, you know, what comes to mind is Justin and Brittany in their Canadian tuxedo denim on denim. Remember that? Like ages ago, it was when they were still dating. I mean, I know I'm, I'm dating myself right now, but they were still dating. There's a picture of them. They're wearing like denim hats, denim, like she's like in a oh, denim jumpsuit. He's like my. in a denim like shirt and and jeans i think their shoes may even have denim on them so yeah like don't fall into the cliches do you have a favorite brand of jeans because i have to ask because i know all of i'm curious and i'm sure my audience would be um i don't like i haven't always had a favorite brand so the ones i'm wearing right now are um they're good american and they're the good legs cut good legs good american skinny jeans but my like staple pair of jeans before these i bought for like 30 dollars at some obscure store these ones i invested in a little bit more these are more of like they're tight and they're like stage jeans right. you know and then i still have like but i honestly i will thrift store jeans I will get like people will like I have cousins that like ride in rodeo and they have really cool decked out jeans and they'll give me like hand-me-down jeans and I'm pretty much I don't have any you know like snobbiness with where I'll shop like I will shop anywhere I will hunt for clothes anywhere like I'm always on the find of things that are unique and original and I don't really follow like the trend. I really have always been since I was about 14. I was always kind of sniffing out my own sense of style, like regardless of what was going on, which when you grow up in like in the country in the middle of nowhere, we'll totally just get you made fun of because I'm wearing like <laughs> faux fur coats at like some redneck flannel school. People are like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So are you a fur or no fur? I wouldn't at this point, I would not buy fur because it just... I don't know. I think of the fluffy bunnies and, and I, I, you know, but I love the aesthetic of it. I have been photographed actually recently in a real fur coat. It was not mine. Right. 
but yeah, I don't own any, any real fur. I never owned any real fur. I have owned some faux fur, but it doesn't always last that long. But yeah, I, to me, like I think of the bunnies and yeah. the, but I, I'm not going to throw any shade on anybody for it either. Right, right, right. You know, what's interesting is if there's some, some fur, like people are wearing fur that their like great grandmother had and has like handed down. So right. Like, that I think is really cool. Like in the same, like sustainable fashion kind of a thing. Okay. Would I go buy fur right now? No, I actually went to Alaska ages ago and like we were in Anchorage and they have like stores that are just all fur exchanges. Right. And like you walk in there and you walk out and like, you're like, I never want to see fur again. Cause it's just so much of it that it's kind of a turnoff. So like, it really has to be a special situation. I agree. How about sequins? Are you into sequins? Obviously <laughs> my, um, yeah. Like one of my quintessential, like staple wardrobe items that I wore for years. And actually I've kind of retired them, but I had these before they were cool, I had gold sequin pants, like before they were normal. I was like the first one of my crew to find them. And, and we, we shot them in a photo shoot, like I don't, maybe like back in 2017 and, and Peyton, that was the first time I'd ever worked with Peyton. I was like, well, I have these really cool pants, but like, I don't know if they like fit my like artist thing is she was like, damn it, girl, you're wearing the gold pants. She's like, to you, gold pants are like jeans. Right. You right. know? Right. Because I've always been like a little fashion forward, you know, and I, yeah, I don't really I, and I've always loved like Parisian fashion. And like, you know, if Carrie Bradshaw made a bluegrass record, that's what I look like. You know, it's really funny. You're Callie, but I keep wanting to call you Carrie because I feel that for me. Like, I feel like you're like the country music Nashville version of Carrie Bradshaw. Well, I think fashion wise, for sure. Although, and I was obsessed with that show forever. Now, are we going to talk about the disappointment of, and just like that? No, no, because I only watched the first one. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't on so many levels. I can't like, I'm still watching it because of, you know, like the past affection. Right. And so it's comforting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I've been, I have watched every episode of sex and city at least six times. Like yes. I, but now, you know, after some like self-awareness and therapy, I'm like, man, she was pretty like melodramatic. Like these were not like, I believe that I learned like relationship norms from that show as a teenager growing up only to realize that like none of them were demonstrating healthy relationship. Patterns. None, none. And you know who my favorite is? Samantha. So like, that's one of the reasons why I can't get into the new show, but also like talk about like, I mean, healthy in some ways, unhealthy in other ways, right? Like Samantha, like she's an, like the ultimate, you know, liberated woman doing what she wants when she wants and like killing it at life. Right. I miss her terribly on the show, but at the same time, you're like, Samantha, like maybe not this guy or maybe not that girl. Like, you know what I mean? It's funny because, you know, aesthetically I'm the Carrie, but in my friend group with the personality, I'm the Samantha and I vote now, not in the promiscuity, but in the way that I will speak openly and, and just like my way that I attack life. I'm the Samantha yes. of my multiple friend groups, but not so much in the promiscuity, but no judgment of it. No judgment. No, no slut Go you. allowed. No, no. So I'm actually a Samantha too. I used to be told that I was a man eater in college. So I was always the uh, Samantha because, you know, I've definitely been called a heartbreaker. Like a, there, there may be like a trail of, of sad men behind me. No, know. you have a song about it where you're like, it's never easy. What, what what's the song? What, what is, I, I'm, there's no good way. There's no good way to like, there's drop no good it. way to break a heart. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no good, come on. There's no good way to do that. I really, that resonated with me. Cause I was like, gosh, I have been there, done that. Definitely. All right. Next one. Rhinestones. Mm, yes. In the right way. Yes. I will say that I do sometimes have a knack for describing this. Like if I say to you that, you know, when I'm shopping, and I'll come up with like a description of something in a flash. I'm like, is this good? Or does it look like grandma going to a Willie Nelson concert? <laughs> right. So if rhinestones look like she bedazzled it at home. No, no. I did recently an outfit that I just, I filmed a big concert in and I got a head to toe white fringe suit and we paired it with a like a silver rhinestone bustier. And that's what really like tied it all together. Cause it was all white. And then like this rhinestone bra and then like silver shoes and like rhinestone earrings. That and is so a that's choice. Like oh my goodness. I love it. So rhinestones. Yes. But in the right way, not in a tacky way. Sparsely. Okay. Cowboy hats. For me. No, because this hair hats and I are like, I have 
I usually will always have one hat in my roster for like if I'm having a bad hair day and or didn't get time to wash my hair or whatever. So I've always got one hat on deck. Cowboy hats for me are a no. I toured in this cover band in Europe when I first graduated college and they were obsessed with cowboy hats and they made me wear a cowboy hat on stage every night. And I thought it was the tackiest thing and I despised it. And it also just looks horrible with my hair. But cowboy hats, if they are one, like an authentic, high quality, good looking hat. And two, it's authentically, you know, your roots, your personality. Like if you look like you're putting on a costume, say goodbye. If you put it on and you own it and it looks like you great. Yes. So El Paso, Texas, like one day I was picking up family from the airport. My kids were bored. It was taking forever. And I'm like, let's count the cowboy hats. And there were so many to keep the kids entertained. And they all were authentic. These are legit cowboys. And in northern well, Mexico, they're practical, right? It keeps the yeah. sun off and all of those things. In northern Mexico. So we're like right on the border with Mexico, with Juarez and like the airport. People are coming here just to go back to Mexico as well. So like it's not only American Texan cowboys, it's Mexican cowboys. And it is such a look and it's such an awesome look. But like you said, it on them, it doesn't look like a costume. It looks like they are no joke. Like that is a guy with some stories. Yes. Yes. And that's, yeah. If you, if you can own it and make it authentic, because like, I do think, I think certainly in recent years of country music, there's definitely been a thing where people are like, oh, like I used to do rock, you know, I used to do rock, man, but like now I do country. You're like, yeah, like I was like doing pop music, but like now I went country. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> and so like, there's this aspect of like, well, anybody can like do country. Like now I do country because like it's a fad. And like, it's just like, you know, like country's like really big right now. And like, don't you love the way the genres exploded? I'm like, no, 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 I don't love what you've done to destroy. She doesn't, guys. She doesn't. Listen, I love listen to, yeah, listen to the 19 Cats and Counting interview. She does not. She does not, does not, does not. So there is an aspect of like being like, well, like I'm just like a, put on a cowboy hat and like, I'm so country now. I'm like, no, you're not country, but the also you does not make you country, like, whatever you do you. Cause like I'm over here doing me and I just stay in my own lane and good for you. That's awesome. Okay. Leather, hmm. like leather pants. I have faux leather pants, like, which I get like pleather, like vinyl, whatever. I actually bought them in Canada because they were fleece lined and I was just really cold, (laughs) but they look amazing. Leather pants, they got to be lined or you're going to be very uncomfortable. Right. I'm for it. If you can do it, if you, if you make it work for you. I just got my first pair of leather pants. My mom brought them from Spain. She was visiting my sister and she called me from Zara and was like, they have pleather pants. And I was like, oh my God, because I love a leather pant look, but I don't always like to buy animal products. So it was like the perfect thing. And let me tell you, they are such a cool like alternative to jeans. They really are. Okay. Yes. And I also am really for like recycled leather jackets, like vintage shops. But I don't personally own any true leather. And, you know, I more have like the pleather vinyl, whatever, but like the aesthetic of whether it's real leather or pleather of like a great classic leather jacket or vinyl pleather, whatever is something that's a staple of a wardrobe. I also like, you know, for like hot women, I think we all need like a leather pant vibe, Yeah, but leather for me, leather, if it's whatever, whatever floats your boat. But yes, I'm for leather when it's sunrise. Okay. So just anybody who's new to leather pants, which I guess I was, if you go to a restaurant and you put your napkin on your lap, it's inevitably going to fall on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a, ri- a skating rink for anything that you put on your lap. But if somebody spills water on your pleather pants, you just roll right off. Yes, absolutely. A little, a little washcloth and you're good to go. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, okay. Last one. Well, no, it's not quite the last one. I have two more lace. Yes. Thousand percent. I love that little vintage number you had on in that video. I've seen like you wearing denim with lace. Very, very cute. Look thousand percent. I'm into lace. Okay. Last one. Cat hair. Uh, well, I mean like as wardrobe, No, no, as in like all over your clothes all the time. So kitty doesn't shed that much. Um, <gasps> that's so yeah. lucky for you. She's got like this silken, like Egyptian silky <laughs> black fur. And she does like, I do let her sleep in bed with me. And so I wash the entire bed every week, white bed, black cat. So if she was a heavy shedder, I would know she really doesn't shed that much. And I just love her. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. Like at that, at some point you're like, listen, I like, uh, she doesn't shed that much. Um, and it, 
it is more like, it's, I guess, like just like allergies and like dander that like yeah. you want to like, you want to stay at like, listen, I'm into things being clean, clean. but like, I love kitty. Yeah. You know, I have five dogs and they shed like, like, yeah, if I find your fur, I'm like, oh, it's kitty. <laughs> and it's black fur. So the only time you really have to worry about it is if you're wearing like white jeans, which do you do white jeans? I do have a pair of white jeans and I think, you know, white jeans are summer for me. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Only summer. I do have a nice pair of like winter white pants, denim, yes. but they like more look like trousers that I just yep. got recently. And those are awesome for the winter. But yes, I mean, right. they're covered in dog hair all the time. Okay. So getting a cat was not really on your radar. It was kind of like something that happened. I'm not going to get into the story. You have to listen to or watch 19 cats and counting to get to the story of how she got her cat kitty. But like, you weren't really looking for a cat at the time, were you? No, not at all. And I, I think I was starting to, cause I was like recently single and I was living on my own for the first time. And I also wasn't traveling as much because we were still sort of in the, the COVID just in between of like, whatever. And it had crossed my mind because every time I would go for a walk and my friends will attest to this, we go for a hike and I'd be like, look at the puppy. And I'd go up to strangers. Can I meet your puppy? And I'm like, no puppy. I love you so much. <laughs> Like I'm a psycho. And so all I do is like stalk people's dogs. And like every time I had a friend that was going out of town, I'm like, can I watch your puppy? Or like <laughs> someone would have a pet. I'm like, can I go play with your puppy? Like I was like losing it. Yeah. That's a sign that you're ready. I needed something to love. So I was thinking in my mind, like, well, maybe I'll adopt a dog, you know? And then the cat just sort of little twist of fate kind of fell into my lap. Cat needed a home. And I was like, I'll take the kitty. And then I, you know, sort of return to my cat lady self that I had been as a child and a teenager when I had my childhood cat. Oh. So it was like coming back to oneself. I'm like, ah, oh, this is who I truly am. I'm a cat lady. You opened a portal there. You were like, I think I need a pet. And there the pet found you. So because Kitty found you, has it been like a hard adjustment to having a cat from like going oh, from zero to 60? <laughs> not at all. I was like within a day, I will say that she did come with fleas. And so that was a challenge in the South in the summer. And it took some time. Yes. But no, I'm at the time too. I had a pretty light schedule and I was really just in the studio cutting demos and songwriting. And I was mostly home and I, I spent mo most of last summer just kind of recovering. And I was like getting a sun tan and just like go for long walks and meditating and living the good life. So Kitty came at the perfect time at my life. And I really had all the time in the world for her and the cat became my life. Right. Like my awesome. life is just like, he's a kitty for hours every day. That is you know? so cool. So another thing that you have, it's faded. I mean, obviously the story is faded. You and Kitty are faded, but you also got a cat that like does well traveling. She tours with you. Like, tell me about that. How's, how does that work? So Kitty, like I've learned, I've learned a few things about it because I think a lot of people, they only put their pet in the car when they're going to the vet. So the pet has the association of something scary is going to happen. Is there a needle? Is there a nail clipping? Is there pain? Is there like scary place? Don't know. Don't like it. And so obviously the first time I brought Kitty home, she was freaking out and she was in her crate. And so the very first time I drove her to Canada, so it was a 14 hour drive. And actually my little cousin Hillary was with me and she had said, if you let her out of the crate, she'll be happier so much. And I think as like women will understand this. If you lock me in the cage, I'm not going to be happy. Right. So right. I had the car packed. And so what I've learned is that, I mean, I have to put her in the crate to get her in and out, right? Especially if I was smuggling her into hotels and not paying the pet fee, which I totally do. <laughs> but now if I'm just walking her into the car, she doesn't like to be put in the crate. So I'll literally like, you know, just kind of put her in a room, load the car, and then just walk her out in my arms to the car. And I'll put her crate high up on top of something in the back seat with the door latched open. And I'll have her little bed and her little toys in it. And I like to put her litter like on the passenger seat wheel well. So she has access to it. And I just let her roam around the car. And that makes her really happy because she gets the inflow of all the things she gets to see and hear. But she'll just go nap in her crate. And then ideally, when you stop, she'll be asleep in the crate and you can shut it and load her in. But if you lock her in the crate, she freaks out and she like claws, she breaks all her nails and she cries. It's the saddest thing you've ever heard. And the first few times we did really long trips, I gave her the pet rescue remedy just to kind of take the edge off. But yes. she loves it. Like we've spent like six hours of kitty sleeping on my lap while I'm driving down the road. Or like, if it's a sunny day, she'll climb up on the dash and like, just lie down and like catch some sun while we're like driving through Kentucky. Oh my like, she God. loves it. 
Oh my, you got like the one cat in the world that like really wants to like travel with you. Most cats just want to stay home and be mad at you because you left. So when you guys tour, do you tour like in a tour bus or like your car? Yeah. So right now, just because I've been doing a lot of solo shows just with like COVID and everything, it's been smaller Mm -hmm. stuff like wineries, listening rooms, like acoustic concerts. So I just have my SUV that I've been taking her around in. I do think that Kitty would thrive on bus life, you know, and also like she likes to be the center of attention. So if I were to put her in a cargo van with like four other guys, Kitty would be like loving it. She'd be like, everybody's here for me. That is so good for socialization too, though. So like, I think that's really awesome because you got her so young, you've been exposing her to other people. Uh, other oh, yeah. I think that's so loves cool. attention you know Ki- like if, if somebody comes over in kitty's mind they've come to see her right you know but yeah she she travels really well and I think you know I've given her a system for like if I have a show like I'll check into the hotel room and then I'll and I'll leave kitty at the hotel and I'll go do my sound check and my show and I'll come home so I've given her a system where I always put her litter and her dishes into the hotel bathroom so wherever we are like she knows how to find her stuff and I always like to leave her crate open so that she's got her safe place and I bring like a couple of her toys and so she yeah she adapts really well and she I loves love it she'll be like lounging on the bed at the hotel you know and like I love it. housekeeping will be in there being like oh what a cute kitty I'm like don't tell because like the pet fee is like pet friendly hotel but you still have to pay $50 I know I hate the pet fees like they're so silly I used to work in the hotel industry and my one of my general managers would be like I'd much prefer a cat or a dog than a toddler with a crayon so like and we don't charge for toddlers and crayons so that was a hotel chain Kimpton that did not believe in a pet fee so last question for you about Kitty have you considered uh harness training her so you could take her out on a leash so when I first got her, I got her this really cute, hot pink harness. And I thought about doing it for like a day. And then I just, frankly, I'm not good at training Kitty. I'm like, I think we need to train mommy more than we need to train Kitty. <laughs> That's the case for all. Pet <laughs> but I do have this really cute photo of her on the harness when she's a baby and she's just like lounging by a flower pot. It's very cute. But no, I never trained her. I do own the harness though. Oh, well, you know what? That's something you should talk to Rita and Linda about because I actually don't know what their stance is on whether we should or should not be walking cats on harnesses. She did say that harness training would be good for me for Kitty with the traveling. They were like, have you harness training? But honestly, the Kitty is so codependent. Like she's never far away. Like she not, she was always trying to make a mad dash for the outdoors while she was in heat, you know? Of course. But otherwise she's like, Kitty's usually pretty close by. She's just kicking it. You know, awesome. I love that. Well, I would talk to you all day, but I really can't take more of your time. I know you have to prepare for a show. So thank you so much. I want to propose a toast to you for joining me today for celebrating my 50th episode and for all of the wonderful music you're giving to the world. May you have nothing but success in your music career. Thank you so much. And I like anytime I get to talk about my cat and fashion, I had such a great time with you. So thank you. Congratulations on your 50th episode. I'm so glad that I was part of it. Thank you for being a part of it. And thank you, Mark Winter, for being a part of this show too, our executive producer at Pet Life Radio. And thank you to our audience for giving me uh, somebody to talk to. I so appreciate your support. I hope to bring you lots more drinks, games, and expert tips. 150 more episodes, here we come. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. To learn more about covered in pet hair, please visit coveredinpethair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.